my Courageous Beauties. Thank you for coming to another episode of Courageous Beauty Podcast. I am your host, Crystal. So I am coming to you with another episode, and this is called Systems and Circumstances. And so I got some things jotted down I want to share with you. Um, This is what I believe God has laid on my heart. There is some things in here that are from my own personal experience. So, yeah. So what I believe is that it is time that we get away from a system of situations, a system of people, a system of organized chaos. And I'm going to read to you a definition of what system to me is what I what I see. There's a couple different definitions. One of them says a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnecting network. The other one says a set of principles or procedures according to which something is done, an organized framework or method. Another one says a regularly interacting or interdependent group of items forming a unified whole, a number system, such as a group of interacting bodies under the influence of related forces, a gravitational system. So I wanted to speak on this because of Psalm 127 and 1. So, and it says a song of degrees for Solomon, except the Lord built the house. They labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. What that means is that whatever you are building and whatever you are doing in your life, if God is not at the forefront, if it is not in his will for it to be, or if you're not doing it according to his word, it is vain. It, it means absolutely nothing. So, so we need to make sure that we are in our church life, in our church attendance, in our gathering, that we're not just doing it for appearances. In some cases, church has become a systematic, a system of chaotic organization, almost like a cult, if you will, depending on what church you go to. The church has become an institutional bed for belonging by any means necessary. People come in without any relationship and accountability to God. At some point, you are going to have to be accountable, you know, for your own walk, for your own soul salvation. It's normal to want to feel accepted and a part of something, but at what cost? You know, are you are you standing in in a situation? Are you going and um, it's just all about the church ease? Like you're going to church just to say you go to church, you know the name of the church, you know the pastor's name, you know the associate pastors, you know the choir, you know the songs and all that. That's just politics, if I'm keeping it real. And a lot of that stuff gets in the way, uh, you know, and it, and it negates the real love of God and for one another. You know, people spend half their time nowadays lifting up the leadership and not God as they should. Now, we are supposed to give honor to the leadership. You give honor to where honor is due because they are the man and one of God that God chose for that house. But there is nobody that is above God. The problem is that is a dangerous ground to play on. God is a jealous God. He will have no other gods before him. And a lot of times that elevated person make one mistake. They fall to their own sins just like we do. Okay, the people following them. And we tend to put folks on a high pedestal. And the first sign of them making a mistake, oh no, we run into the hills because he and she are not perfect. They struggling. But the truth is we all are struggling. 
pastors are people too, which is why God said he will give us pastors after our own hearts, meaning folks that can relate to our situations, issues, and circumstances. I don't want nobody teaching me anything that ain't experienced what I've gone through. So you can't judge them if they still dealing with it. Just because someone is anointed and they're spiritual doesn't mean that they don't still have issues. Look at all the people that God chose in the Bible. There's a whole list of them. You know, Abraham, you know, uh, you know, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David. I mean, come on, you know, these people were imperfect people. We are imperfect people, you know, and the word of God says he will give us passes after our own heart. As I said before, that can relate to our situations, our issues, circumstances, but our hearts are desperately wicked and deceitful. So what that means is that once you accept God, once you accept Jesus as our Lord, as your Lord and Savior, we are then under grace. And that grace is what we need because we need forgiveness for all of our sins, no matter how spiritual you are or think you are. You understand what I'm saying? Now, there's another issue. Most times folks have relationships with their pastors. And they live off their juice, their prayers, their fasting, their consecration, following all the church protocols and programs. They can clap on cue, shout, dance. They know all the songs, but they only know two scriptures. It's having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof because you don't have power within yourself because you haven't spent the time that you needed with God alone in order to know that he wants a relationship with you. And so now... People are having to depend on the pastor's prayers to get them through, have to depend on the sermons. Listen, we need all of that. Okay. We do need church and God, uh, and he intended for his, the word to his word to be implanted in our hearts. And so, because we don't always have the word planted in our heart, we need church as a mechanism, as a tool to help us to people that have the mind of Christ, that have like minds come together to learn about God, learn about his will, learn about his way. However, we have to know the word of God for ourselves. Whatever God sends your pastor or your spiritual leader to tell you should be confirmation and edification, you know, to build you up. Unless, you know, God has given them, you know, a prophecy for you, something that is past, present, and the future that's going to help dictate your path, help you to you know, something new, bring something new to your life. We should be able to hear God, hear in the spirit, our father for ourselves, whatever he's trying to tell us. Now we all need help sometimes, even because even the, the, the archbishop, whomever he or she is, they don't know everything. They can't even prophesy to themselves. So they need someone too. You know, we, we do need each other. The, the point of this is we have to get away from the, the let allowing protocols and situations within the church to be our only means and reason for going. The point is for us to get God. You know, our relationship should be so tight with God that we go to him for ourselves, you know, and we if we don't have an understanding, then we get counseled, you know. I have to be honest and I'm going to be transparent, you know, and this is no disrespect to anybody. I love everybody. But there was a time in my own personal walk where I was so dependent on my leadership that fear set in. Even if I just wanted to, to do something with my own life, fear would set in with about anything that I wanted to do if I did not ask them. And it's like I should have been going to God myself. You know, you cannot allow a person to take the place where God is supposed to sit in your heart. 
if you have been under your leadership long enough, you have picked up on certain things like how to pray, how to study your Bible. Well, you should have, right? If you're being diligent. But after the church service is over, after you leave that building, you have to learn to live. You have to learn the, 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 the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is also applying knowledge, applying what you know, right? So if I love the Lord and I fear the Lord and I know his word and I'm able to apply what I know now from what the pastor has taught me, guess what? I need to be doing that outside of church. Your praise and worship has to be beyond the church church doors. You have to get the word beyond the church doors. We need to destroy the systems that cause us to only look at church attendance. You know, a wise man once told me about growth and swell. If you have swell in your church, that could mean that people are just only attracted to something. Maybe they're attracted to the choir or attracted to, you know, who's going to specifically speak that day. That is not going to last a long time. And it's most likely going to be temporary. Therefore, when the fire goes out a little bit, because sometimes everybody has an off season, folks begin to dwell, you know, dwindle away. But when you truly have growth, you have people that, you know, are about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God doesn't need quantity, needs quality, folks. Okay, because even Jesus himself had the fishes and loaves, folks. Most were spectators and they were hungry. Think about it. You see a whole bunch of people in a crowd, you about to go be nosy because that's what we do. My, the, my grandma used to call it signifying. Most were spectators and hungry and allowed the word of God to fall by the wayside. Are you someone that's allowing the word of God to be choked out and be, be you know, fall by the wayside? But you won't credit because you can tell them what church you went to. You want some type of clout for that, right? But God doesn't need your clout. He needs your relationship. Church etiquette is, you know, a thing. It, it is. People think about how you dress and how the church sings, the bulletins, the programs. Not down to any of that because there does need to be order. But what's really important is the word of God being taught and followed that will lead to a personal relationship with God. None, if you don't have a personal relationship with God, don't none of that other stuff matter. Your church attendance and who's singing today and who's preaching. I mean, you might as well just ask who made the potato salad because that's all you look, you're coming for. You're coming for what you can get, coming for appearances. You know, you're coming to look at the leadership of the church. What happened to us coming to the building to worship God together? Because there is strength in numbers. But instead, folks are going and worshiping the people and the systems of the building. Later are the days and the times for worshiping people. We need to do away with only being loyal to just the leadership. Yes, you are to be loyal to your leadership, but what about all the other people, you know? We need to treat people how we want to be treated. Now, if someone, they fall away from the leadership, that doesn't mean they fall away from God. God still loves them. And our relationship, our individual personal relationship with God and the way we love folks can potentially pull them back into the kingdom, pull them back into the fold with the love of God, because maybe we can relate to them. I never understood throwing folks that leave a church by the wayside and say, oh, they decided to go to a different church and we can't talk about them or I don't want to hear about them or whatever. Like, wait a minute. 
even if they didn't leave on good times, doesn't mean we throw them by the wayside. Nobody threw us away. And we came in broke, busted, and disgusted. They tell you to come in as you are, but you won't stay as you are. But a lot of times we all stand as we are. And sometimes church folk are just worse off. Can be so mean and judgmental and nasty. And then you wonder why people don't want to come. You know, Jesus said he came to those that are sick and that need a physician. But oftentimes people just there and they still need physician. Like at some point you got to leave, you got to be able to leave the hospital and go get some more sick people. But if you still sick, like, come on, you got to change our mindset. It's time to elevate in our mindset. You just like how elementary school, how we were in elementary school. If you stayed in and you know, you had some developmental issues or you just wasn't picking up on some clues or some things within the curriculum, guess what? You're not going to advance to the next grade. Some of us still in the kindergarten drinking milk. Like that's a that's a conundrum in itself. You're in a kindergarten drinking, you know, toddler milk. You should be able to choose some meat by now. The meat of the word, right? And this is not me judging you. This is something that I've had to hear too. Trust me. Trust and believe. Every day, I have to evaluate where I'm at. And that's what we should do when we have our own walk with God. You know, we came into the church broke, busted, and disgusted. And and then we, we need to treat folk how we want to be treated. Because it could easily, without the grace of God, it could easily be one of us falling into the ditch of life. Because life will happen. Okay? Now, on the flip side, sometimes you do have to allow folk to walk away. You do have to allow folk to go. You know what I'm saying? But you still bid your peace. You still love them. You know, you don't backbite them. And, you know, because how is that really showing the love of God? You know, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's always easy, but I am saying it's possible. But sometimes you do have to let folk go, you know, because people are not always going to be in our life forever. Sometimes people are like filtration systems. They come in and out for a season. And you know what? That's okay because there were lessons to be learned and gleaned from. And now is the time to move on. Even leadership sometimes. If God feels like a person is, is getting in his way in your life, he will remove you or them from the situation so he can get to you and them. Woe unto that person standing in God's way. Some, especially if it's you standing in, in, in the way of what God is doing, trying to do in your own life. Now, on another note, you got some leadership that their hearts are so big that they cuddle folks far too long. And they themselves somehow have lost themselves. They depend on their the folk and thrive off of them and the you know, success of others. So much so, they unknowingly get in God's way. It's not their intention, but sometimes they just do. And what happens is their, their folks become spiritually handicapped. I was one of them people. It's not a shot at my leadership. I love them. They were loving and they taught, taught me well. You know, but we were not growing to the capacity and the fullness that we needed to in God because we were so dependent on them. So guess what? God shut it down, right? Just like he did with the whole world. Because the thing of it is, God's like, you know what? I need, I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to shut it all down. So we would have no other choice but to depend on him. That's what I believe that God allowed to happen to transpire with this pandemic. With the enemy meant for evil, God turned around for the good and said, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to, you know, break up these systems in these churches. 
Like, listen up, folks. I need, I need to close down your breeding bed of systems and the way you think church should be, the way you're doing church. Because guess what? It's not safe anymore to go into the building. It ain't safe to go outside. So now you're going to have to talk to me and pray to me for yourselves. This is what I believe God is saying. And if it's one thing, and I've said this plenty of times in my in my, my podcast, if it's one thing that this, this pandemic has taught me, if I don't remember nothing else, is that God is in total control and he can do more for me and my family with my little, with our little, than he can with much. So here a little, there a little, you know, allow God to enter into your heart. By getting into his word, there is nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, that can separate us from the love of God. He loves us. He knew what we were going to be before we even became that, and he still knows what we're going to become. But you have to give him an opportunity to filtrate your life. You have to allow yourself to not adapt to the, the, to the, to the group think idea, the, the, you know, the social norms of, you know, oh, I got to look a certain way and I got to have a certain hat on and I got to later for that. God doesn't care about any of that. He doesn't care how big your church head is. If you ask me, it looks stupid. No offense, but it's just it's not it's, it just doesn't make you look holy. There's nothing you can do externally to make you look holy. It's all internal. It's how you live your life. It's, it's just a way to a means. You don't have to fake it, baby. You don't have to fake it till you make it. I get so tired of hearing that. Let's do away with the fake it till you make it. You don't, God don't want you to fake anything. He wants you to come to him naked. He wants all that stuff that's in you. He wants it. Give it to him. Lay it at the altar. How do you lay it at the altar? Go into your secret place. Go into a place alone. They say, go into your closet and pray. Go into your secret place. Go into your closet. Go into your place alone where there's just you and God, where there's no distractions, where you can just talk to him and just empty out your heart. All the mess, all the gunk, all the mire, all the, all the, all the hurt, all the pain. Later for a program and a bulletin. Like, seriously, you understand what I'm saying? Like, we, you know, put, put. Put some pay, put some bulletins out there. You know what I mean? There's there's souls that need to be saved. There's people that's hurting, people that's dying every day, and they might not even know who God is because the people that do know who God is is too worried about what jeans or what color uh, clothes they gonna wear. Like who cares about all that? Yes, come decent. You know what I'm saying? Come with, come as you are, and that's not to allow the room for making a mockery of of that you know coming in short skirts trying to get the attention of the pastors or whoever that's the reason why they were protocols for certain things because they was causing a distraction men too you know that's the reason why there needs to be certain protocols in place but that's not what makes you holy it doesn't matter what you put on it all that matters is what's in your heart it's not it's not you know it's 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 what's coming out of your heart and I talked about this this last episode. You know, what, what is in a man's heart is where his treasure is. You know, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. What is in your heart needs to be spoken unto God. Your relationship is so important. God cares about the deep things of us. 
and even the not so deep things in us so much so that he knows the very number of hairs that's on our head how beautiful is that but we have to do away with these systems and these these circumstances and trying to live up to you know someone else's juice someone else's anointing you cannot live off the coattail and anointing of someone else's life you have your own cross to bear you have your own life to live you are responsible for your own soul salvation it is your reasonable sacrifice to lay your life down daily and allow God to come in and have his way and his will in your life and he will love on you if you first seek the kingdom of God Matthew 6 and 33 first seek the kingdom of God and all his, his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you you know, take no thought for today, for tomorrow. Only take thought for today, not tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about what's coming. Worry about right now. You, your relationship with God is important. Not who's preaching. Not what, what song is going to be saying at church. Oh, Sally Sue ain't preaching. I don't know who Sally Sue is. I just made that up. <laughs> Humor me. But it doesn't matter. Stop putting your juice and your all into a person to people that are faulty just like you you know have respect give honor where honor is due but put your all into God that is one basket that you can put all of your eggs in and I guarantee you will never ever regret it I hope that this helped you I hope this helps someone Psalm 127 is where this came from except the Lord build the house they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your love, for your peace, for your joy, for your grace. Father, we ask that you forgive us, Lord. We repent for our sins and our trespasses, O oh God. We ask that you create in us a clean heart, renew a right spirit in us, O oh God. Order our steps, Holy Spirit. Come in and be our guide and be our God and be, be the truth that we need. Allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, O oh God, that we may be able to acknowledge you in all our weaknesses and all of our idiosyncrasies and all of our faults. Father, knowing that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus because we first salt your face and your right standing within you lord god not constantly seeking your hand but seeking your face seeking your fate being at your feet allowing us to see what our worth is in you because our identity is in you lord god no matter what the world says no matter what people at church say or people at work say you are what is what matters to us oh god help us to see what it is our role is in the kingdom of god that we may thrive and give you the glory and the honor and the praise and I ask a special blessing for anyone who listens to this, that their household be met with, with bounty in the name of Jesus. That there be supernatural healing in the name of Jesus from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Father God, you said a thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. If you're wondering, that is Psalm 91. It's a, it's a prayer of protection, God. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, and my God shall I trust. God is our shield and buckler during this time. Trust and lean on God and lean not to your own understanding. He and acknowledge Him, 
in everything that you do and he will direct your path. I love you. I hope this helped you. God bless you in Jesus name. Amen. Until next time. I love you so much. Bye.